Hey, hey, welcome to the premiere episode of the Tanaka Cast. I'm Dan, and I'm joined by Vera. Hey, everybody. Uh, excited to do this. Um, so, again, this is our first episode of the podcast. We hope to do it after every one of Masahiro Tanaka's starts. Um, but I guess to start, <laughs> Vera, why Masahiro Tanaka? Why are we doing this thing? Why are we doing this cast? So first, uh, I want to thank you, Dan, for going on this journey with me. Uh, as I, as anybody who knows who, who knows me knows, like I'm a hardcore, lifelong New York Yankees fan, and Dan is a fan of the Boston Red Sox. Um, but uh, we both share a love of baseball, and whenever I share that love of baseball with Dan throughout the season or whatever, or with anybody, my favorite currently active player, Masahiro Tanaka, comes up, and. I'll be honest, you know, I follow, when I follow the baseball season, I essentially follow how the Yanks are doing, but really what I always tune in for are those Tanaka starts, and I guess the thing, there's just a number of reasons why I like Masa. Uh, he's a really good pitcher. Uh, he's someone who came in with a lot of expectation from what he did in Japan, we'll get into that later. He performed excellently in his first year. He got injured. Everyone thought he would get Tommy John surgery. And knock on wood, it's his sixth year of his contract. He hasn't had Tommy John surgery. And although his regular seasons have been good to slightly bad, it's pretty much like average solid workhouse player who puts in a lot of, who just eats, eats through a lot of innings and has de decent record, his postseason is exceptional. He's one of the better pitchers in the postseason uh, in baseball actually ever. He is also known as a big game pitcher, which there's a lot of nonsense in terms of how baseball fans evaluate stuff. But if there really ever was a big game pitcher, as in someone who will come through in the big game, not just in the playoffs, but in crucial regular season stuff, that's it. Uh, but I guess the other thing before I go back to Dan that I also like about Tanaka is that he just has a really cool way of putting himself on the uh, on the mound, and also with his with his public persona. He's someone who's very much about who seems to be very in love with in love with his partner. Seems to be very devoted to his kids. Uh, his Instagram is full of him with wash it, watches and fishing and wholesome quotes in Japanese, um, and doing charity work. And he's and although he's oftentimes very much business, 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 when he celebrates or laughs or gets hyped up. It's um, it's awesome. He's like clearly has a lot of joy in the game, uh, and so yeah, he is just someone who's a lot of fun to follow as well. And his pitching style is also something that I appreciate too. It's uh, he can bring some heat, but it's mostly with like sliders, uh, 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 sliders and changeups that um, he's able to get people to uh, really like swing at pitches that just dive down into the dirt, and it's it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, so that is I guess the brief gush of what I of what what I like uh, like about Masa and the origin of uh, of this podcast. Yeah, and when I watch him, I also like his poise on the mound when he's taken on the socks. Um, I especially like uh, a segment I'm sure we'll have on upcoming casts. Maybe not this one quite yet, but will be his Instagram. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, taking a page out of uh, Hot Ones. Have you ever seen Hot Ones, Spara? I YouTube? have seen Hot Ones, yeah. yes. <laughs> taking a page out of Hot Ones, I suppose. Uh, we'll be kind of looking at what's in the Instagram uh, after each of his starts and um, talking through some of the 
some of the funnier moments. But um, all of his all of his uh, Instagrams are typically written in Japanese, but uh, maybe we'll caption it ourselves or something. We'll, we'll, well do something fun. Well, with it. Uh, actually, for the faith for 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 the Tanaka faithful, because you know he's also someone who's interesting in that uh, you know when you're a fan of a player, you notice when other people like him, and he's someone who I think. People, and this is going to sound odd, but, like, people who are Yankees fans, Yankees fans. Like, not, like, summertime or whatever, but, like, who, like, like the team even when it's doing badly, which, you know, we haven't been to a World Series in 10 years, which I know, like, people from Cleveland are going to shoot me in the head and stuff. But, you know, like, for Yankee, for people who are, like, casual Yankees folks who just like it when they're only winning, that's not really what you need. But for folks who will watch the team even when they're struggling, um, I think Tanaka is definitely, definitely a favorite. Uh, he's a fan favorite. And so his posts, you can hit the translate button on it, and people oftentimes respond to it because it, really it can be sometimes like very funny or poignant. There's one thing where there was last year a lot of people injured, and the translation was like, um, uh, I will fight until everyone comes home safe. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's like, I'm just like trying to hold up the whole team on his shoulder. Awesome. <laughs> it's uh, another great uh, Instagram stuff to mention is that, uh, you know, they, they, baseball has this cleat day where everybody will um, uh, wear their own custom cleats. And so the cleats he wore had manga panels from Dragon Ball Z with the father and son Kamehameha wave. And he did an Instagram post talking about how he liked it as a kid and how his son, who's showing throwing cat and playing catch with, also likes the car Dragon Ball Z now. So it was like it was it was very sweet and and, uh, and, and nerdy and stuff. There. And I, I loved it. It's like oh, awesome. Yeah, and, it, and that's a good point. I mean, we're baseball nerds, but also we're nerds. Yeah, I think we'll be injecting some of that in the in the stories to come um, as he takes the mound. Um, yeah. We've and, talked a lot about the traditions of baseball. Um, we've talked, you know, we've been talking about doing this cast for months and months and months. We were we talking have. about this last season. We were. Um, I don't think, though, when we talked last season, we had any idea what would happen with regards to COVID-19, the global pandemic, uh, player negotiations around this <laughs> And what might look like a shortened baseball season. So. Oh, also, don't forget that before all of this was happening, um, uh, the Astros got bl- and actually, you know, through through explo- through, through uh, its collateral damage, the very successful and excellent former now former manager of the Red Sox got destroyed by this cheating scandal. Yep. Like this, uh, the Astros cheating scandal was huge. Uh, although, speaking of the relation of former Red Sox to the cheating yeah. scandal. Uh, we're we're recording this on Wednesday. I don't yes. know if you saw Joe. Kelly. Oh, I did. <laughs> I was I was hoping, I was so hoping you were going to bring that up naturally. Of course. Of so, course. I, so I wouldn't. So I wouldn't have to like go out of my way to get us to that lovely incident in 2018 where Tyler Austin charges the mound. Charges the mound, and Joe Kelly says, "Come at me." <laughs> and then he gets in the headlock. What do, what do you think about the eight game suspension? Uh, for, for for Kelly for, for Kelly, you know what the fact of the matter was is that that was a that was one of those beautiful incidents in baseball where it's just like people got to like just like go at it. No one actually got hurt. 
Um, great fandom was made. Joe Kelly fight shirts were were sold. Even though Tyler Austin was like traded pretty soon after that, he got like a loving spot on the hearts of Yankees fans everywhere. Um, the funny thing, at, so you know, with all of that, it's just like suspension. It's you know, like people. If if you throw at a player, you get a suspension. If you start, if you get involved in a fight, you get a suspension. Uh, I didn't think it would. I think. I didn't think that was too egregious. Um, I wouldn't have been mad if he got one that was a little shorter or a little longer. It's just like, I think eight games is pretty par for the course when you're like throwing at somebody and pretty clearly also down for threats. So I think probably Joe Kelly's going to get another eight game suspension for uh, for throwing at the at the Houston folks. I would imagine. I, w- I would imagine as well, and I think overall I agree with the move. I think what you'll probably hear from other baseball fans out there are a couple of things you'll probably hear one that you know eight games in a normal season is one thing but eight games in a shortened season is very different and you know when you talk about percentages that's a long time to be to be out right um, he might it, they might keep in mind if he is get suspended for houston um because wait he didn't get eight games this time right he did. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just referring back to the Tyler Austin oh, no. incident. No, he got eight games. Oh, gonna... no, I, I, sorry, I have to rethink this. Because uh, I just was thinking, like, you know, like the 160, and yeah, it's eight games for throwing at Tyler Austin. Um, I think that that's probably fair, but it doesn't keep into effect just how, but I think that that was calculated based off on a 162-game season. Right. I think that, like, I, I, I really don't think... That the red, I really don't think that uh, the officials, when they were putting in that punishment, were like thinking, okay, this is going, this is the equivalent of a twenty-four game suspension, which in a regular season, a twenty-four game suspension would be considered outrageous for that. Um, so, but I mean, the general, I mean, it's, I, I'm still not terribly upset, but it's still, it's still something. It's, I can see why people would be upset about that when it's this season. Agreed. Um, but that was that's what that's what went down today. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and my gosh, is the funny thing is though is that like without the glorious trash talking afterwards, mm-hmm. there's a chance Joe Kelly doesn't get suspended and certainly not not that amount yeah. because he could make the dumb the dumb thing of like I wasn't throwing at them. What are you talking about? Excuse. But he did the lip, and the bench is cleared, and his intent, I think, was pretty easily determined by said lip, so thus he gets a suspension. So, Vera, I want to get your take on some of the other stories that we referenced earlier, so about how COVID-19 affects all of this, from the fact that they're actually playing in the first place, from the shortened season... From the um, extent, we'll call extended playoffs because they're extending it to more teams this season. Um, I was there, just curious to get your thoughts on all of the above. There's a lot, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on too. There's a lot of, um, I mean, look here. There's so much happening in baseball right now that is unprecedented. I mean, personally, I do think that there is a way to do baseball responsibly. I think for the most part, I think they have a good system as long as people follow the rules, etc. Um, I think my main, I do like that they've seek that they've segmented geographic regions. My preference, honestly, would have been to bubble everybody and have them not travel whatsoever, like what they're doing for the NHL playoffs and the NBA, um, where it's just like two to 
one to three locations uh, and just do it that way. I think that that's a, a good way and also just like serious of like isolate them like unless you're covering the team or with the team. Um, but I also I think see that that was something that although I think the player I assume, I think the players union has been pretty diligent about like I don't think that they would go back to work given their like power and strength and stuff without um, without a degree of safety that they felt comfortable with. I do also think that uh, that they also similarly would never agree to something which would make it so the players were away from their, were like had to isolate from their families, which honestly would be the safest thing, but that is not going to happen. Uh, right. So and yeah, it's trade off. I mean, with the NBA, I don't know if you saw, and this is the last I checked earlier today. Apparently, they're they're right up on two weeks mm. with no COVID cases in the NBA bubble. Wow. So, what they're doing is working, mm-hmm. but perhaps at the expense of some of those other things like you know you talk about Tanaka and his he's very much a family a family man right and 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 similarly with a lot of other players too I mean you know the NBA the baseball does have this does have a paternity leave policy uh that people take and use now granted it's only a few days but you know when things count and stuff etc it can can be huge and uh I mean to be perfectly honest I I actually really like that the baseball paternity leave policy is both in existence and people use it because I think that and this is going to sound like a very odd thing and maybe a stretch, but I think it normalizes the concept that it's important for men, even powerful men who like are making millions of dollars to take even a, a little time, even just a, to take some time away to be with their kid when it's born. I couldn't agree more, Vera. The, the idea that we should leave politics and other things out of sports to me is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're into sports, especially us who are from the, you know, the Northeast of the States, um, which is very big into, into its sports, you know, you look up to these people, right? Yeah. So when you see that, Asir Tanaka or whoever your favorite player is, is, I mean, Garrett Cole signed one of the big contracts and he took some time. I mean, and he and hid the way the pre, his wife's pregnancy and having a healthy baby and stuff, etc. That was factored into the news because it's factored into the labor agreement. Right. You know, boys w- growing up are going to see that and understand that it's a totally, totally reasonable thing to want to be with your newborn child. <laughs> Which is a crazy thing to say that you have to reiterate, but in the toxic culture that we have, uh, it's in many cases that's that's uh, it's it's not a given. Um, so, so yeah, no, I, I really, I, I, I appreciate, I, I appreciate that. Um, I do think that what happened with the Marlins is definitely a testing of things. And I think, and I'm curious to see how this relates to how people, I think there may be, I think some team, one of the hope is that I think that there's going to be a lot of self-policing at this point, because I, I would assume that a lot of folks are like, the season's in jeopardy. We can't have a whole bunch of people test positive again. We need to just be very good about pretty much following every single COVID protocol to the letter. Uh, right. But at the same time, you know, you're not bubbling. So, and this is a thing that spreads spread that that spreads fast. Now, and again, the other nice thing though is, is that like unlike basketball, this is played outdoors, and this is something where. You know, like the actual playing of the game, I think the transmission is like far less. But you know, people still have to travel, etc. Um, they, you know, they, they don't change outside. Uh, it's a it's a oh, it's a risk. Uh, I'm going, but 
I think that, uh, and, but yeah, at least from what I know now, though, it's I don't find it irresponsible for them to do it, and I think they're trying to do it in the best way they can. Uh, how they got to here in terms of the negotiations between the owners and the players' union, I mean, you know, it's like, it's no no secret that I'm like a big labor guy and stuff, but I think even without that and stuff, it was pretty clear that um, the owners signed an agreement to just allow them to, the, where where they basically they pretty much were not negotiating I think with the players for really anything but the commissioner to create this mandatory 60 game season um, and uh, yeah and I think that while they were trying to essentially get I think the owners were trying to get real revenue from the players that like quite frankly um, you know when the baseball players do get paid well they get paid better than any other American sports league overall it's the strongest union etc but the flip side of it is, is that like even with all of that, and this is not my own take. I just read in a good sport of what's happening. It's like they don't have any equity. Um, mm-hmm. So like it's not just about like revenue and stuff. As the owners were trying to get more revenue, it's that the owners may get less revenue this year, but the players still own no stakes in the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees mm-hmm. or the San Diego Flipping Padres. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, they, they, you know, like a player gets is going to get money for their performance on the field, but they aren't going to get, re- unless they are become Derek Jeter and buy into it themselves, they're not going to have an actual, they're not, or uh, they're not going to have an actual team. So, well, 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 actual team equity. So I think that that lack of, so I think that one of the things that was coming off of this wasn't just a fight over money, it was also a fight over, like, it wasn't just like, oh, we, I think the owners were framing it like, hey, it's like, hey, we're making less money. You should take more of a cut. I think the players were thinking like, yes, you're making less money, but you still own the flipping team, right. um, and our bodies are only going to be at this peak level of performance for so long. So why should we give up this stuff? Where like, you know, you're still going to own the own the flipping team at the end of it. So right. I mean, I think that really though that this would, we were always going to get a commissioner once they signed that agreement in March or the commissioner can put that in there and once that agreement had that the season was going to be a commissioner created season was going to be acceptable to the players and once the players were basically wanting the same terms that they were going to get under that mandated season there was really no way that we were going to get a longer season at this point I think um, or at least that's what it seemed to be from the what seemed to be from from the way the owners were. I think if the owners wanted to have baseball on July fourth, they could have done so, but they would have had to pay more for the privilege. And I don't think that they really want that to want to do that. What do you think about the sixteen team playoff? You know, I think that there I I haven't looked into it too closely, but I think it's I think it's overall fine. Uh, I do. Hope, don't I don't really think it should be necessarily a, a precedence going forward, mainly because I like that baseball playoffs are something that's harder to get into. I, mean, I think that there, one thing that I would like is that I do like the idea of instead of a one-game wild-card playoff, I think it should be a best-of-three series, um, just because that miserable one-game playoff has just been... That is so swingy and also... I mean, it benefits... Uh, what I like, which is it benefits dominant pitching. Like you want to, you need to have a dom, you need to have an ace who can perform if you want to win that game. Um, but I think it would be better for the sport of baseball and also better for um, uh, teams that are rebuilding or teams that make Cinderella runs, etc. If it was a best of three series, I think that's like so. I think for this year, 
anything that lengthens and builds interest in the game of a six-game series is fine. But for next year, I would prefer to go back to the old playoff slots with the caveat that it's a it's a best of it's a best of three of best of three series for between those two wild card teams. And is that best of three just to make it a little less swingy? I, yeah, I think it should be that my friend. Yeah, just make it a little less swingy. Make it so you have to win two. Make it so you have to win two games. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only reason that I like the one game wild card is that you've had that test mm. during the entire regular season, and right. if you're in that spot, mm-hmm. like that's how you're fighting your way out of it. You know, the other players, have, the other teams have earned their right. Mm-hmm. Um, based on the number of wins they have, but I think it creates a little bit more of a a scare. Yeah, no, it's a scary position to be in. Um, that like, that maybe I, I haven't looked at any data to support this, but poten- potentially increases the comp- the competitiveness of all the teams throughout the regular season. But yeah, I mean, one thing I will say is that I think expanding it to one extra wild card slot was definitely the right decision. Whether it's a one or three game playoff. I think that that was a really smart decision in terms of creating interest because right now um, it takes a while for a team to be mathematically eliminated or even like realistically eliminated from contention for one of those wildcard slots. So I think it's like it allows for more, especially if teams aren't tanking, which unfortunately has become an epidemic in a lot of MLB, cough, Baltimore Orioles cough. Um, <laughs> like there is a very legitimate shot to get into the postseason and then and then then make a run. Uh, and yeah, I think overall, I think baseball has handled its postseason very, very well. I'm less a fan of like basketball style postseasons where half the league makes it in and it really doesn't matter until you get into the final rounds. I mean, every single baseball postseason game matters. Uh, and it feels like it's an accomplishment to make it to the postseason. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. And I, just quick, quickly given my two cents on the 16 team. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Playoff. I don't really, I don't mind it from the standpoint of it as a shortened season. Yeah. So it's, that becomes the gauntlet in exactly. a sense. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I don't really mind it that way. Yeah, that's my, I guess that was also, from what you're saying, that, that that's also my thought too, which I totally take away is that when terms of not minding for this season, like, because it's a 60 game season, I don't think you're going to really determine. Uh, the best of the best of the best just from your regular season's records as much as with an 162 game season. So I think a bigger playoffs is just kind of notable in terms of like fairness and uh, we yeah. can say legitimacy in terms of like crowning uh, crowning the your World Series victor. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, um. Well, let's um. Let's look ahead to the the game. Well, before we look ahead oh. To, oh, to, to the game, though, like, there is one thing that we did not totally discuss, which I think does transition us back to uh, my man Masahiro, which is the Astros cheating scandal. And so I actually want to ask you a question, if you're all right with this, Dan. Um, sure. You know, Alex Cora seemed to be a, seems to be a stand-up guy. He was an excellent manager, etc. Um, what do you feel about him getting caught up in the Astros cheating scandal and being deposed out and being deposed out of Boston. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, if you're, it's sort of like, you know, the crime chases you. Right. Um, which I don't have a problem with at all. Yeah. If, he, if he's one of the primary people involved, then he should be one of the primary people um, punished. Right. Um, no matter where he is. Right. 
Um, so I don't have a problem with that, and I am also happy. I mean, I'm not necessarily happy with every the way they did everything, but I am happy that they really, at least to the best of their ability, <laughs> <laughs> uh, given what they can and can't do to punish teams, went after management uh, as opposed to the players. Right. Because to me, leadership starts from the top down. 100%. Um, and, you know, you can blame the players all day, but... Ultimately, it started with it started from the top down. They found a yeah. They found a way to cheat, and they they coached it. Yeah, and I mean the fact of the matter is, is that like that cannot be happening on this wide in on as wide an effective scale without management being around. Like you know, if if individual players are finding a hack, um, it's. Yeah, it's they nobody's management has to say like the the managers have to sanction it in order for it to work uh, and to work as effectively as it did. Uh, I will say that the one of the interesting things about about how about how that all how that all played out was is that um in was is that the twenty seventeen if I remember correctly they were they were meant to be cheating in the twenty the, yeah in the twenty seventeen series where they where they they beat the Yankee where they beat the Yankees in seven games. Um, that was actually, interestingly enough, uh, one of Masahiro Tanaka's, uh, like, that was one of his, like, star, that, that would I say his, like, the beginning of the Masahiro Tanaka as a postseason legend was the 2017 season, um, mm-hmm. which is a fat, which is kind of fascinating. And it, he had a pretty rocky 2017 regular season. There was even questions about whether he would be a starter, um, and 2017 was also the last thing of uh, Joe Girardi as the manager there. Uh, so he goes in, so it's before the Aaron, before the Aaron Boone era, uh, which began in 2018 after Girardi was let go. But it was, Girardi was definitely going to be let go if they lost their series in Cleveland when they lost two, they went down, uh, they went down two games uh, to, the Cle- uh, to the Cleveland Indians. And then game three comes around and Massa, who's the third starter, they're down 0-2, is pitching against Carlos Carrasco, and it is literally one of the best games I've ever seen. Tanaka was locked in; no one could flipping hit him. Uh, he was there. Aaron Judge made this amazing dive, uh, jumping catch to stop a home run, uh, and then the only person, and then finally Carrasco and Tanaka battled it out. Finally, they bring in Andrew Miller, who has pitched for both the Red Sox and the Yankees, and was and been the same with the Indians. Um, the year before, when they, uh, when they, when they, when the Cubbies lost, it, when the Cubbies beat them, Andrew Miller was like the ace in the hole for the Cleveland Indians, and so still such a dominant closer, and uh, he was like doing relief work, and uh, freaking Bird, Greg uh, Bird hits a whole solo home run shot off of him, Araldis Chat, and uh, the bullpen holds it down, Araldis Chapman closes it out, and uh, yeah. Massa, Massa essentially saved the season. They go back to win the next two games, and who's the game one? Who did they give the the game one ball against Houston to? It's Tanaka. They don't win that game, but it's if I recall, they only it was a three to two loss, and I believe Tanaka only gave up two runs. Um, actually, and then game six comes in and. Uh, but so the Yankees lose the first two in uh, in Houston. Then they were in the net. Oh, oh, oh they go. Oh no, it's game five. He gets it. 
they win game and then they win the last three the next three in New York um, and game five is won by Tana- is won by Tanaka with this amazing performance where like in the in the post game Big Poppy like talks about how he's so dirty he's clean and then he does like the whole like David Ortiz as, as commentator um, just like this amazing but they still but you know the uh, the Houston Astros win the four games where in, in Houston they go on to lose to the Dodgers but you know that was one of those um, I think one of those series where it was uh, where, where the sign steal where the st- sign stealing was pl- played a role and it's also something where you know potentially you know you know it potentially cost Masahiro Tanaka a World Series ring because uh, I mean who knows if they would have been in the Dodgers or not but he was tipped if they'd won game if they'd won one of those two games in Houston to be the guy who was going to start off against the Dodgers. Um, but yeah, in that game one, uh, Tanaka, I believe, yeah, he, he gives up two runs. Um, yeah, it was him versus Dallas Keuchel. And then game five, the Yankees get their revenge on Dallas Keuchel. And, uh, and, and yeah, and Tank, Tank, uh, Tank, 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 win, Tank wins it. Um, so, yeah. Tanaka did seven shutout innings for Game Five for that one, um, so yeah, he's and his his postseason ERA is ridiculous. I think it's one point seven six. I'm gonna say. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, he just like he even when he did, him doing badly uh, is him uh, is him giving up three starts and seven postseason starts. Oh uh, no, that was that was when it was one three two before the eighth. Um, uh, let me let me find this. In eight playoff games, forty six post career postseason innings, Tanaka has a one point seven six ERA. Wow! So when we're talking about like postseason, just like king, it's just like not only does he. Not only does he have this amazing, uh, amazing ERA, he also just like eats flipping innings. Like uh, in the in 2018, when the Sox uh, sent the sent the Yankees home on their way to a World Series, um, there's only one game they well, the the Yankees won. That was Game Two and against the Red Sox, and he just he I believe he shut them out. In uh, I believe you're right. Yeah, yes. he shut them out in the in five innings, and then they gave it to the bullpen. But he was just like flexing strong, and if the if uh, if the series had returned to had uh, had returned to about well, had gone to game five, they would have brought him back on to uh, to to try to finish the job. He's 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 insane. So I guess that's the interesting thing in terms of like the cheating scandal is is that um, is it just like how it kind of intersects with him and his in his amazing postseason career. Um, and I think, you know, you see something similar with Sox and David Price where not very loved here in Boston um, overall, but will be remembered for his epicness in 2018. Yeah. His above tw- all else. No, his 2018, his 2018 epic. Yeah. His epic postseason in 2018 was amazing. Um, but I mean, the other thing with the twenty, but is that you know, I mean, Tank's postseason last. I mean, against the Astros again, where it was like I believe it was a game five, um, 
2019 ALCS. Again, I think this is is probably his uh, worst postseason of his eight postseason outings, which was which was Game Five. Um, well, no, no, that would have been no. It was it was, it was Game Four, right? Because it was m- messed around with that. Um, was yeah, he basically yeah, he was yeah. So basically, Tanaka was charged with four runs on four hits, um, in that well, well, when he was removed after the for, after one batter into the sixth inning. So that was like literally his like worst postseason starts, and that one of those. And he would, I think he still would have gotten a quality start, except Chad Green. So he Chad he inherit, Chad Green inherits one of his runners, and then uh, two batters later he gives up a three run shot. So. I think that Tank could have gritted through that sixth inning and walked away with only three runs and, and a quality start from it. His, one of the things with him is, is that he, even when he's not pitching so well, he's able to battle through and find his stuff and get crafty and just like grind it out and grind to getting you five, six, seven innings. Um, sometimes on the way to, again, like a, good, uh, a, quality, uh, a quality start or, or you know, sometimes even more like a, uh, a complete game shutout. Um, but he is, he is, uh, he's a battler and a fighter. It'll be fun to hopefully, well, I'm guessing the, the Yankees are going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I can't say the same for my team. Uh, but, you know, uh, not, I'm predicting nothing in this crazy 60 game season. Uh, like really. But, but with more rest, you know, with less, with fewer games in the regular season, it'll be fun to see a more rested playoff performance from a lot of players including Tanaka yeah no I think that's going to be very interesting um but uh and, and one interesting as you said about like looking forward to the future game on Saturday is that this is Tanaka's first start of the season and it's not because the Yankees brass the players or anyone have lost faith in them I mean Garrett Cole who signed this giant deal with the Yanks yeah. he said the person the person he went to talk to about what's like the pitch in New York was Tanaka because he's in the sixth year of his uh final year of his of his contract so he's done it. He knows how to do it. It's that um, Master Tanaka in the restarted spring training took a 112 mile an hour like ball for a hit from Sean Carlos Stanton's bat to the head. Yep. <laughs> so he, which knocked it out cold. <laughs> like, yep. Uh, also, it was. I mean, I think it's a combination of both. You know, like his teammates being decent, but also. Um, you know, the respect he has that, like, Labor Torres, who's their all-star shortstop, like, asked people to stop sharing the video. Although, Tanaka apparently, like, watched it several times himself of him being knocked out by the, uh, uh by, by this pick. But a, he was knocked out cold, but he basically just, like, went through the concussion protocol and seems to have been fine, knock on wood. So, he's going to have this start, uh, this, this start on Saturday, and we're going to see see how his stuff looks against a major league opposition po- oh, pitching under under the bright lights. He will be uh, taking on my cousin wearing Groucho glasses standing on the mound for the Red Sox. Um, who's, who's pitching for the Red Sox against him? I didn't, I didn't see who. I'll give, you, I'll give you three capital letters. T, B, D. <laughs> It's us like the only pitcher who sometimes looks like he was kind of Joe Kelly uh, to be perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so 
the only pitcher who's pitching worth anything, and actually the game, I believe, is going on now. Yes. Um, had another good game for the Sox is um, Avaldi. He's also like the only the only main, the only person who lasted from from last year, um, who's in the starting lineup. Um, all these other all these other players are new. All these other pitchers are new for the Sox, and they're all doing terribly. So, yeah. I suspect I suspect Tanaka will be going up against the lint in my pocket, but we'll see. Some some ran, so, 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 some some random dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I mean, I think that that's, yeah, which is, which is unfortunate. I'll be real because, you know, as, as much as, you know, I'm a, is a Yankees fan and do not pull for the Sox, although I do love going to games at Fenway, uh, even when the Yanks aren't playing is like baseball is better when the Red Sox and the Yankees are good teams that are going at each other in a war. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. That is what I expect out of a good baseball team. I expect the Red Sox to be able to make a run at the Yanks. And you know what? If the Rays or the Blue Jays or the Orioles like were able to come up and displace one of those teams, like, you know, fine. Um, that is, you know, that's baseball. But I, I want, I like a nice competitive AL East where everybody is a contender. And I guess the depressing, the nice thing, I guess, about the AL East this year is that the Rays are definitely contenders. They're, um, it's not just like a steamroll that, like, you know, the Rays are going to give the Yanks a fight. They may they, they take the division. Uh, Toronto actually has some really exciting young players right now. Um, a number of like Hall of Famers kids like Kevin Biggio, who I have on my fantasy team, is just being an animal right now. Uh, so like it's so and you know I mean so like uh, but the Red Sox I don't understand John Henry's uh, machinations when he got rid of like if he'd gotten rid of Mookie Betts and also just like for for something that just like really set them up for this season or for the future, I could see it, but I haven't really been hearing that from other Sox fans. I mean, yeah, I mean, we should talk about the Mookie Betts. What do you, what did you feel about the Mookie Betts trade? And do you think that they got enough? Um, I don't think they got enough, um, especially considering some of it was damaged goods. Um, I think that Mookie Betts was more than his statistics um he might be somewhat of an overpay so i get it from that perspective um especially when you saw what the dodgers gave him um yeah you saw all that correct wait wait did they did did the dodgers did they finalize a contract yep biggest in baseball history oh i missed that it's bigger than mike trout ready for this yeah yeah what's up 12 years 12 years holy shit he's gonna be a, he's gonna he's gonna retire with the dog he's gonna go into cooperstown with the dodgers cat thing on his cap go on 360 million 360 million yep and that's uh that's guaranteed money that's, uh, i don't know i know the mike trout money's guaranteed money i mean that's the big difference between like baseball contracts and what um what's his face uh and what his and uh what um and uh what they Patrick Mahomes signed and that you know the NFL can squiggle out of any contract unless you're at your absolute peak performance you literally have to retire from baseball before your contract is done not get injured out but like actually retire for you to give up your money um uh but I mean good for Mookie I mean he is one of the best and I would say his uh, his um 
and you know he's the second best uh, he's the second best player in base, baseball position player outside of Mike Trout oh, oh it's behind only Mike Trout Mike Trout still has more okay. uh, but you know that's that checks out he's he's the second place player in Mike Trout and also I think that intangibles I mean so his tangibles I think are great. He's a hall. He's on track to be a future Hall of Famer. Mookie's, but his intangibles are also huge. He's a class act. I mean, the whole the kneeling he did with his two teammates, um, like putting hands on his shoulders uh, for BLM, I thought was really powerful. Um, he seems to be great in the clubhouse. Right. He's a clear leader. He's loved. He was loved in Boston. Um, I don't understand why Boston didn't do what needed to be done to make it so he was their Derek Jeter. I mean, he was their Derek Jeter. He yeah. was he was the he was the face of the franchise going forward. And I get like, oh yeah, I know that they had a Derek Jeter and figure in Ortiz and stuff, but like Betts could have been only play you know, Ortiz briefly played in Minnesota, et cetera. I mean, you know, he's missed Mr. Red Sox, but let's be real there. Mookie Betts could have done his whole entire career with Boston Red Sox and baseball would have been better for it. Um, and I think billionaire John Henry just didn't, uh, yeah, I, maybe they also thought that they could like rent him out this year and then bring him back. Um, but you know, when you're dealing with a player of that caliber, I don't think you, you, you can't, you can't risk it. You have to, if they don't think you value them, I mean, that's why no Mark Garcia Parra got like traded before they won the whole thing. It's like, you know, the whole like, I feel like once a player who's that good and that much of a peak athlete feels they're being slighted, um, that poisons the whole relationship. I will also say, though, that the deal that he signed is fairly close to what the Red Sox offered him. Mm. Um, his just is two more years, so more money. What did the Red, um, What was the deal that the Red Sox offered him for him to stay put? Somebody will probably fact check me and tell me I'm absolutely wrong, but I think it was right around 300 mil for 10 years. I mean, yeah, there's also quite, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's not the, that's not as big, that's not as big of a deal, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, it's like, if you want to stay there, I think that you could also have factored in that, uh, you know, I mean, heck, his, the endorsement money and stuff, et cetera, you could have made that work too, but. Agreed. You know, 65 million is 65 million. I also feel like. I think there was a you, you kind of said it like Mr. Mr. Red Sox yeah you know, you know he's kind of Mr. Dodgers you know he doesn't have the best postseason numbers but he's like you said stand up guy really great leader in the clubhouse like that was pretty apparent right after he got traded to the Dodgers and some of the things he was telling the players and I also think though to your point again about Mr. Red Sox like I remember the, the day that he got traded um, I told my wife like as an aside and her gut, re- like her first knee-jerk reaction to what I said was, "Why would we even bother going to a game anymore?" Like, <laughs> really? Wow! Yeah. Like, you know, she's not a massive sports or a baseball fan, but I think there are a lot of people in these big markets that were fans of the person. Yeah. You know, wearing the uniform, and they're gonna. I think they stand to lose a lot of money. No, I mean, not it, having him here. It would. Be, I mean, I know I'm less excited for the Red Sox this year as a result. Of course, I mean. And I don't think that they're going to do that because of, although, I mean, I guess the other thing that will be, but, although, who knows, but I mean, it would be like, at this point, the Yankees building up Aaron Judge and then trading, and then not, and then not signing him when the time comes. And who knows? I mean, 
especially with Judge's injury history, I could see that happening. But that was the other thing, too. It's like, Mookie Betts happened to be a player who, who is an excellent player on all those fronts and didn't get fucking injured. And like, that's the other thing. It's just like, that's not to be taken for granted in this sport. Uh, it is something where you get in, where you get injuries and you lose time and sometimes you never come back the same. And Mookie Betts seemed to do whatever he needed to do to keep his body in shape. Uh, yeah. Agreed. I, I think a lot of the reaction, though, from people who wanted him gone from Boston is is all future talk. That kind of that kind of talk. Like, well, and you know, eight years. He's a you know he's short, so he's going to slow down a little bit, and he's not going to be as impactful. And blah 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 blah. It's all future talk. It's you know that would be. That would be like saying the same thing about Pat Mahomes after he just signed his contract. Well, in 10 years, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's like, think about all the stuff he can accomplish, though, and will accomplish. I mean, like, <laughs> let's be real. Be, like, David Ortiz, which, again, totally different players. You're talking about someone who is an amazing fielder versus somebody who is a power hitter and is, you know, a poster child of DH. But, like, David Ortiz had one of his best seasons in his last season. You yep. know, it's just like David and Derek Jeter did, you know, he did decline, but he was still... You know, he was still flipping Derek, flipping Jeter, and I don't think yep. people really would have had it, especially for clubhouse stuff and, you know, the city stuff that had any other way that he played, played until he was 40. Uh, I, I, I just think that, again, I hadn't really even thought of this before, but I, I, I strongly, but the more I talked to him, the more I think that it really was a grave mistake to get to get rid of, to get rid of Mookie Betts because, Agreed. again, it's just like, he, he was a draw, and in terms of postseason stuff, like, he won a World Series with it. With, with it. He only had one World Series, right? He wasn't on the, he wasn't on that, uh, the 20, what is it, the 2014 team? Correct. But still, that's a World Series. Like, you know, that's more than a number of great players actually have. Mookie Betts won you a World Series, so, like, in terms of postseason numbers, it's just, like, it's fine. He has your, you have a World Series with him, uh, and... I think that there's far less of it, and I think their world odds of getting back to the World Series in the next five years are lesser with than without Mookie Betts than with him. I guess things like it. It done. It's a. It's definitely. I am sad that we're not gonna that the Yankees aren't going to get to play against Mookie Betts this year with the Red Sox, even though I hated when he would just like mash balls against us. It's just like ah. But it's still like you know you want to have you want to have a villain and there's no better villain than someone who seems to be like a nice good stand-up guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Alrighty. So yeah. Shall, shall I put the first episode in the books? I uh, you know what I think I I think that, that 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 about covers it. I mean we're I'm looking forward to breaking down what this. Uh, Red Sox versus Tanaka game is going to is going to look like. Uh, I'm eager to see how the rest of this baseball season goes, uh, and yeah, I hope it continues and continues safely because I know that uh, I get a lot of more joy out of summer when I can uh, put the game on on my phone and listen to it as opposed to you know not having baseball. So it's good that it's back, and uh, I'm glad we're going to get to ride along with uh, with with with, with, the, with the, our Savage King here. Same here. I'm looking forward to uh, enjoying the season with you and taking us through the starts, baseball news, what's going on in, in this crazy time with the 60-game season and expanded playoffs and all that goes with it. So thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me today, Barra. Of course. Um, 
you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all those fun platforms um, to learn more. Uh, you can also visit us on our website at spoilermedia.net. Yes. Slash Tanaka Cast. So. Indeed. And uh, yeah, and also check out some of our other, if you like nerdy stuff, you should check out the Spoiler Cast where we, along with uh, two of our other fine co hosts, Allie and Tris, go through a lot of beautiful nerdy media. Great. Excellent. All right, then. So see you after the next start. See you then.